What is going on out there, everyone? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the latest installment of the Man Cave Huddle. And I am your host, Greg. And in today's episode, I'm going to give you the top 10 under 25 in the NBA that are currently playing. I know in my last episode, I said I was going to do top 5 under 25. It was hard, yo. It was really, really difficult to come to this decision. So I decided to extend it and make it top 10 players under 25. But before we get started with that, I wanted to just um, bring up a quick point to you guys. You know, I'm sure with everything that's going on in the country right now and the pandemic that we're all suffering from and are in the midst of, you know, I know we've all FaceTimed, um, communicated with our loved ones, and I'm sure at this point, either via work or somebody hit you up with that email, we've all had a Zoom meeting, right? And in saying that, I was thinking to myself, if you are like an up-and-coming artist or you're not like there, but you just want to create some hype, some buzz, when I think of artists like Wiz Khalifa, when he hit, And I was wondering, why was he so popular and had so many fans once his song Black and Yellow hit the radio? He had an enormous following, an enormous following to where when his music actually hit the radio, the followers, they were there and it just incrementously grew. So I'm thinking to myself, um, for young artists now, what about the idea of zooming or having a way where there's uh, you can live stream a performance that an artist is having for free so basically what i'm saying is like let's say there's an artist that's performing in some hole in the wall club or like just a club in general but he's trying to get his name out there just to create some buzz or maybe get a record deal so what if he has the financial backing to where he can actually afford to have a couple cameras set up, plug it into the speakers, and pretty much have a live concert stream. So where you can sit there and say to yourself, I don't know who this guy is, but let me give him a shot. Wow. I like his energy. I like the performance. I like the all this and that. I like the song. I don't know. It's just something I was thinking of in these times to where, you know, you wonder what industries are not going to be here when life gets back to normal and what new industries will be birthed from what we're going through right now because there's going to be a whole bunch of new industries like zoom they're gonna have to figure out a way on how to capitalize off of this because look skype wasn't skype supposed to be what zoom is skype was designed to be more social and i just feel like skype is like nowhere to be found and everybody is like sending each other emails regarding join my zoom meeting anyway uh let's get into it so top 10 nba players under 25 years of age um before i actually um give you the list this is in order so I'm just not throwing names out. This is literally my 10 to 1. Um, this isn't a team. So this isn't a this top 10 under 25 team versus anybody in the NBA. That's not what I'm doing. I'm literally saying players underneath the age of 25, they can be playing the same position, is who my list is for the Man Cave Huddle. 
So, um, coming in at number 10 is a 19-year-old stretch four. What is a stretch four? People say that position doesn't exist. I believe that we're in a positionless league or we need to rename these positions because the game has changed so dramatically that, you know, with change comes new positions, right? So I feel that, you know, the old school power forward like a Carl Malone, the old school power forward like a Tim Duncan, if them dudes can't shoot a three in this day and age, they I don't I'm not saying Carl Malone and Tim Duncan wouldn't be great, but a three point field goal would be mandatory. But it was part of their game. But in saying that, um 19 year old stretch four out of uh playing for the New Orleans Pelicans, Zion Williamson. At this point in his career, he's averaging 24 points per game, seven rebounds. The only reason why I don't have Zion ranked any higher than 10 is because the dude has only played 19 games. I mean, he hasn't even played a full month yet in the NBA. I can't have him that much higher on a list where he's only played 19 games. But when you watch him play, the talent bounces off the screen. When he touches the ball, it's almost like you expect to see something special. You expect to see something, I don't want to say you've never seen before, but you just expect to see him dunk it on somebody, catch another body. But um, that's what I have at number 10. Number 9, 20-year-old combo ball handler. What is a combo ball handler to me in the new NBA? It's what Allen Iverson was. It's that lead guard that comes down. He's responsible for leading the team in scoring. And he also needs to be able to distribute the ball and get everybody else involved. But he is the number one option on any given possession or any time he touches the ball. So in saying that, as a combo ball handler, out of uh, Memphis playing for the Grizzlies, Ja Morant. Career stats, he's uh, at... 18 points per game, 7 assists. He's played 59 games. He, like Zion Wilson, is a rookie. The reason why I have Ja on this list is because who were the Memphis Grizzlies, Grizzlies before Ja got there? They were just a waste haven. Yeah, they were getting high draft picks, collecting talent, but they weren't really going nowhere. And prior to the suspension of this season, they were on their way to making the playoffs. So, and to me, I also feel he's the rookie of the year. I know a lot of other people feel that Zion Williamson should either be in that conversation or it could be a Cole, if not Zion Williamson, could steal that award if the Pelicans were to have snuck into the playoffs. Look, you're going to tell me a dude that played more than half of the season compared, I don't think there's not more than 20 games left. So you're going to tell me a dude that's played the entire season compared to a dude that's played half the season is going to win the rookie of the year. And I'm not saying Zion isn't deserving, but like I said, due to his injury in the preseason, that's why I would give the rookie of the year to Ja. Coming in at number eight, 21 year old combo ball handler. Another one. From the Atlanta Hawks, Trey Day Young. Look, Trey, career-wise, is averaging 23 points per game, uh, nine assists, three-point field goals. He's averaging 34.4 as his three-point field goal percentage. This is his second season in the NBA. In college, when I saw him, 
I compared his game, and a lot of people laughed at me. I compared his game to that of a Steph Curry. Because he's coming down the court. He's dribbling it high. He's dribbling to the left. He's going to crisscross you over. He's going to throw it between your legs. He's going to do whatever he could do to not make you look stupid, but just try and get the rock in the hole. And that's it. And, I mean, he's just like a baby Curry when he comes down. He has he has, he has logo three range. He has the green light to shoot from wherever. And at this being his second year in the NBA, dude's averaging 29 points per game. I'm not saying he's Steph Curry. I'm not saying he's better than Steph Curry. But when you watch him play, you're like, yo, who's that guy um, that he plays like? Yeah, you already know. Steph Curry. Coming in at number seven is 24-year-old Stretch Five. Now, could you imagine a big in today's game being able to shoot threes like this? But look, this dude coming out of Minnesota, playing for the Timberwolves, Cat Call Anthony Towns, y'all. Averaging 22.7 points per game, 12 rebounds, and as a big shooting the lights out. 39.6% for his three-point field goal. You know, let's say it's 40%. 40% three-point field goal percentage is very, 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 very good. I mean, not everybody can be Steph Curry knocking down 50%, but that's very, very good. Now, Carl is in his is, is in his fifth season, so he's like one of the OGs. But look, he's 24 years old, so he qualifies. And when I look at Carl Anthony Towns, he, to me, is not the player that's going to lead you to winning an NBA title. He's not going to be the player that's going to take you to the championship round. But he is the player that's going to be a key cog making it happen. You understand what I'm saying? He's going to be that player to where every Batman needs a Robin. Every doctor needs a nurse. Every quarterback needs a good run game. Every number one, just the same way LeBron needs Anthony Davis. I think Carl Anthony Towns, at this point, he is who he is. I mean, 23 points, 12 rebounds, and shooting the three-point percentage at a really good clip could be your next version of, uh, I'm not saying as good, but when I say Anthony Davis, I mean, he could play with another star and be that number two and be a guy that can be expected to score at a high volume, shoot to three, rebound, and defend. Coming in at number six, 23-year-old. And when I say shooting, I mean, he's a classic shooting guard from the Phoenix Suns, Devin Bucket Booker. Career stat, 24 points per game, five or six. His field goal percentage at 44.7. Three-point-wise, he's shooting 35%. Two-point-wise, he's shooting 50%. All right? This is his fifth season in the NBA, so similar to Carl Anthony Towns. He's an OG, so this is who he is. But this is the same guy who scored 73 points in Boston. It was a loss, but he did score 73 points. That's hella amount of points. I don't care if you're winning or losing. 73 points at some point, everybody's got to know. Do you see what he's doing? And he's still scoring. But the problem to me with Devin Booker is, is that the Phoenix Suns, they've never really been on a good team. 
I'm sorry, I don't want to say they've never been, but Devin Booker has really never been on a good team like that. I mean, all the talent that they've had, they've had DeAndre Ayton, they've drafted all these players in the top 10 over the past couple of years, and it just hasn't worked out to where they've made that leap, similar to what John Morant has done with the Memphis Grizzlies. But, you know, um, when I look at Devin Booker and his game, he reminds me of Ray Allen, where his range, he's so technical. He shoots, he could get buckets up. He's athletic the same way Ray was when Ray was young. But I think when I look at Devin Booker, he's going to be that guy down the road where, similar to Carl Anthony Towns, he's going to be a serious third option, if not a second option, that could really get you some buckets and really help you win if you're trying to get that chip. Now, coming in, we going top five, baby. Top five. We have five. All right, coming in at number five, 22-year-old, 3-and-D wing. Now, this is another position where I said in the new NBA, we have to think about these new position names for these new players that are coming into the league. 3 and D. What is a 3 and D? A 3 and D is a wing player who can inter- who is interchangeable. Where you can either be a shooting guard or small forward in the old school version of basketball. But you can hit the three and you can defend the wing. So when you're a 3 and D, are you really... A two guard, are you really a small forward? You might be in between those, but the point is is that you can shoot the three and you can defend the wing. And coming in at number five, New Orleans, baby. They got two young players that are really good. Look out for them, boys. Although he didn't make the list, if we were going to do a top 25, Lonzo Ball might be on that list, but he's not on this list. The point is, is that coming out of the New Orleans Pelicans, we have Brandon Ingram, B.I. Career stats, he's averaging 16.2 points per game, 5.1 rebounds, and a field goal percentage at 46%. Now you sit there and say, Greg, how are you going to have a dude in the top five and this dude for his career is averaging only 16 points per game, and this is his fourth season? The reason why I say that, two reasons. I think that now, the first couple seasons, being in L.A., they had, uh, he played a year with LeBron. They were, they were just assembling players. They weren't really driving towards a championship, in my opinion. They were just assembling players. Magic was just really doing a good job of assembling talent. But I think um, injuries played a part in it, too. I think... His rookie year, he played a lot of games, and he's at 56 um, games this year. And prior to this year, 59 was what he played in his second year. And his rookie, he played over 70. So he was on pace to play the most games that he's ever played in his career. And I think now it's in his fourth year. He's understanding the game. If you know B.I., he's like 6'7". They compared him to Durant because he's crazy tall, crazy slim, crazy slow about the way he goes through everything. But he has the full repertoire. I mean, he has the he has the three. He has the uh, a J. He's athletic, could get in the paint. I mean, he just needed a, a, a while to grow, develop, and mature. And... What you want to see in the fourth season is what he's doing this season. And this season, he's averaging 24 points. I'm sorry. Yes, 
24.3 points per game, averaging 6.3 rebounds and 46% from field goal. So basically his field goal percentage has gone up a little bit, but the points and the rebounds have gone up. But you really wanted to see the jump in production points-wise because he was expected to be a person that is a consistent scorer in this league. He's done that and he was rewarded with an all-star. So that's why I felt that Brandon Ingram should be number five on my list. Four. Let's go with 23-year-old shooting guard playing for the Utah Jazz, Donovan Mitchell. Donovan for his career, baby. They, look at the, this is his career, and he's only played. This is his third season. He has he is averaging 22.7 points, four rebounds, and four assists. I mean, similar to John Morant, when he got drafted by the Utah Jazz, he turned Utah into an instant playoff team. And his numbers, if you look at them from his rookie year to now, they just keep going up, 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 and up. I mean, the rebounds, the points, the assists, they all seem to be going up. Um, the thing is, with Donovan Mitchell, it just feels like as soon as he came into the league he was utah jazz's number one option and he just was getting better and better and better each game and i think now that's why i would like to have him as number four on my um players for the top 10 under 25 now this is uh my top three number three 23 year old and this guy is a classic when i say classic this guy is a classic point guard if y'all know or remember Ray John Rondo, Google him. Offensively, it was five on four because Ray John was either laying the ball up the glass or he was going to find the open man and get that guy the easiest bucket he could. And when I think of Philadelphia 76ers point guard Ben Simmons, that's who I think of. Ray John couldn't shoot the three, neither could Ben. But Ben is a lot taller a lot more athletic, and around the rim, he's very crafty and very dangerous. But shooting-wise, <laughs> even the free throw line, <laughs> he's not going to get it done. But, I mean, career stats-wise, the dude's averages 16 points a game, 8.3 rebounds, 8 assists, and close to 2 steals a game. So, I understand when you sit there and say that point production, but he's a 6'10", 6'10", Magic Johnson length, 6'10", point guard, who's damn near getting you a triple-double every time he steps on the court. So although offensively he's limited, Philly just needs to, and, and this is, this is, um, Ben Simmons' his fourth season, technically, but his third year playing, his rookie year, he missed because he had injury and he sat out his rookie year. But to me, the 76ers just need to put it all together for one year. And, and when I say put it together, you got the process. He always gets hurt. Ben Simmons, prior to the suspension of the NBA season, suffered an injury. They traded for Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler was that alpha dog, but then he traded him. They seem to always, there's always, it's always something. I just want to see the 76ers put it all to, nobody get hurt. Everybody know what their role is. And everybody just get busy for a year. And I want to see what the 76ers could do. Because I think in that scenario, Ben Simmons could shine. Because that's how Ray John Rondo shined. 
I mean, granted, yeah, he had Paul Pierce. He did have Ray Allen. He did have Kevin Garnett. And he did have um, Perkins. So he did have a lot of guys. And he had Big Baby coming off the bench. He had a lot of guys that were that could get him buckets. I think Ben Simmons, not that he doesn't have that, just a consistency day in and day out. There's a difference between missing a game for load management, quote-unquote, and injury. Because if it's an injury, man, man, look. But coming in at number two, do say 22. Coming in at number two, and he's 22-year-old, another 3-and-D wing player from the Boston Celtics, Jason Tatum. This dude is averaging 17.2 points per game, six rebounds, and from the three, he's hitting it at 40% a clip. Now, when I don't know about you guys or any NBA fan, I didn't see this coming from Jason Tatum at all. It kind of reminds me of Tracy McGrady when Tracy McGrady was traded from the Toronto Raptors to the Orlando Magic. Everybody knew Tracy McGrady was talented, but a bit of an enigma because he was underneath, how should I say, Vince Carter. And you were like, yeah, he talented, but we didn't really see him get busy because Vince was the man on that team. And then when he went to Orlando, it was like, whoa, this dude is like getting 30 points with ease and not even trying. And look, for all my real, all my real all my real NBA fans, y'all know what I'm saying is true. When Kobe Bryant and Tracy McGrady, when they were both at their peak, and they were probably on this top 10 under 25, you could have entertained the debate at that time. As time went on, Kobe took better care of his body. Tracy did it. Tracy got hurt. And things changed. And Kobe wound up being a better player. But there was a point in time where you could have had the argument Tracy McGrady was better than Kobe Bryant. At a point in time. That was a big debate. At a point in time. And then Kobe took off and the debate is over. So Kobe Bryant is the better player. But when I look at Jason Tatum, I mean, I think think of Tracy McGrady in that aspect. A young kid coming out of Duke. Had some game. This team is loaded. They just acquired Gordon Hayward, Kyrie Irving. They got this kid. Uh, they got a, another kid on the on the team, Jalen Brown, who really didn't get a lot of PT. All these veterans, Jason Tatum, come in, maybe be that rookie that could provide some some depth, some scoring punch off the bench. Next thing you know, Jason um, Gordon Hayward goes down with a horrific ankle injury, inserted into the lineup, and then Kyrie Irving gets injured and misses the postseason and now he's con- he's counted on to not only be a starter but contribute and be consistent at that and I think he's done that very well I think he's ready for a season to really explode I think in a postseason we really would have saw something special out of Tatum where he really maturation wise would have taken a jump and not been a like top player in the NBA but really would have took control of the Celtics and said, this is my team, and moving forward, it's about Jason Tatum and the Boston Celtics. That's what I was thinking. But, I mean, once Kyrie went down with his injury, it was a wrap. And Jason Tatum proved who and what he is, and from that point on, that's what he is. So he's in his third season, by the way. He's only – think about that. 
Jason Tatum is in his only his third season, and this is the same player that in the Eastern Conference Finals dunked in, put, caught a body off of LeBron, dunked it right on his head, pushed him afterwards, and looked at him and say, I did that to you. What? You gotta like a player like that. You gotta like a player like that. And coming in at number one, and he's 21. I don't mean for it to rhyme, but it just happens that way sometimes. He's a combo ball handler out of Dallas, playing for the Mavericks, Luka Donich. He's only in his second season, but yet career-wise, he's averaging 24 points per game, 8.5 assists. I'm sorry, 8.5 rebounds, 7.1 assists. Look, the only issue I had with Luka coming out of the draft is that he was a European player. And a lot of these European players... When you look at them, what's the one thing that you say to them? Are they tough? Can they withstand the grind of an 82-game season? They are very technically sound. Shooting-wise, fundamental-wise, they have it all. But can they handle the athleticism? And can they provide enough athleticism as well as defense? And I think what has made the transition for European players better and easier is that the NBA has become more technical and that shooting is now, um, it's not even a priority, it's mandatory. And it's more, the defense in the NBA has like slipping, and that helps the European player, because if they're not playing defense in the NBA, then why not bring players that, they, this is what they do in Europe. It's up and down, they shoot in threes, and it's the Euro game. And I didn't think Luka was going to be good, but the game transitioned well to me. He's like, and I'm not comparing him to, but his numbers are like uh, Ben Simmons, except he could score. I mean, when he comes down the court, he's either giving it to his man, catching the body, or he's shooting a three. And he's getting boards as well. He's Ben Simmons, except with game. I don't want to say with game. He has offensive productivity. He has an offensive game. Um, I got a couple dudes that um, are on my on my honorable mention. Uh, another guy out of Boston, man, Jalen Brown. I think he's a really good player. I think he really, really it, it stepped his game up. But I mean, he's just to me. I just don't see him better than Tatum, and because of that, I that's why I left Jalen Brown off my list. Um, another player, D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell hasn't been in the league that long. And his numbers, I mean, he's averaging 19 some odd points. And as a as a guard, he's really distributing the ball very well. But look, what happened in LA with the whole situation with Swaggy P, I think that's why he moved. But then I'm keeping I, I it makes me wonder why off of an all-star year did Brooklyn move him? Why did the Golden State Warriors move him? In the NBA nowadays, player movement isn't really shocking. It's not really that of a, he, he's a terrible player. It's it's just some players move around a lot and some players don't. And that's just the way it is. But I felt that although D'Angelo was good, I just didn't feel that, um, you know, he was going to crack my top 10. Another player who's super young, well, he's not super young. He's 21, but Shea Gillis-Alexander out of the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's just, his numbers, his game, his comfortability with the NBA, it just seems to get better and better each time you see him out. 
He's not better than a lot of these guys because he didn't really play a lot when he was with the Clippers. And then now he's getting an opportunity to really flourish with the Thunder. And I think, you know, watching him play, that's where I think that's I think in a year or two, maybe you could see him being on this list, but not now. So those um that's my top ten players, top ten under twenty-five. Um let's go over it real quick, you know, Zion, Ja, Trey, Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker with Booker, B.I. Brandon Ingram, Donovan Mitchell, aka the Spider, Benjamin Button Simmons, Jason Tatum, and you know, Luka Donic, man. That's who I have. So like I do with every episode, I like to end this with a positive quote. And my positive quote is, never compromise who you are. You are born with the capacity to achieve greatness if you so desire. Learning to say no is a critical element to assessing that greatness. Your choices will define you. So make them and make them the right ones. Never compromise who you are. You are born with the capacity to achieve greatness if you so desire. Learning to say no is a critical element to assessing that greatness. Your choices will define you. So make them the right ones. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everybody.